We should start with prayer. This is the Bridges class for July 31st, 2022. Can you believe that? Doesn't it seem like just six months ago we were freaking out about Y2K and if our computers were gonna <laughs> melt down. That's 22 years ago. You just can't believe how fast the time is flying. Life really is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer to the end it gets, the faster it goes. We're just zipping along. We should start with prayer because when we read the word of the Lord, we need his spirit to help us to really make it work, to make it right. I know you agree with that. So let's pray together. Father, help us to prepare our hearts that we can receive with meekness this engrafted word that you've given us, Lord. Help us, Father, to take your word seriously, how seemingly insignificant they may look. I pray, Father, that you'd open up our hearts, help us to see the wisdom in the words of our Savior. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, there is a, uh, well, it's a, a larger context that we're not going to deal with the, the whole thing. We're just going to take a part of the first thing that Jesus said. And before I read this, I just want to let you know. I mean, if I would give you the four words that this whole lesson is going to be built around, you might turn your head off and say, ah, been there, heard that. There's really nothing there. But uh, the words of Jesus are so deep and profound that even though you may have heard them before, when you meditate on them again, you'll still get something else out of it because he's the Lord. It's a supernatural word, and it's, uh, it has this super substantial quality to it that uh, nothing else has. It's kind of the difference between a tortilla and the bread of life. How can you compare those two? A tortilla is good for a taco, but the bread of life is good forever, and it just is a, is a, is a glorious difference. So, I'll tell you right now, four words, that's all I've got for you today. Four words. And you'll see the context that it comes from. Well, first, we'll read the context, then I'll see if you can guess the four words. It's pretty simple. <laughs> no, we're not going to drag this out. We're not going to turn this into a game show, don't we? Okay, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Here's the four words. Look at the birds. We're not talking about the movie. This is not a primer course in ornithology. It's far too deep. I, I, I've actually been working on this for three weeks, and I found so much information that I had to eliminate so much. And, you know, preachers just hate to do that. You know, I mean, when they put stuff on our outlines, we feel like it's inspired. I mean, it ought to be in the 29th chapter of the book of Acts, we think. <laughs> but uh, it's hard for a preacher to delete things because we think we come across these things and uh, nobody would miss it. It's really not that profound, but the words of Jesus are profound. 
John Calvin, among the many very profound things he said, I was asking Ron about this last week. I thought you were the one that told me, but uh, I talked to a lot of friends and preacher friends about John Calvin, how profound he was, and something came up about grass. And it was Calvin who said, there's not a single blade of grass that when you look at it, it's not intended to bring you to an experience of worship. Now think about that. I was driving to church today, some green grass coming up. I don't know how green grass is coming up because it doesn't rain anymore. But uh, <laughs> just a couple of splotches of green grass on the side of the road. And I said, every one of those blades of grass is meant. And then I just looked around and man, I almost had a, a glory spell. <laughs> glory to God. The glory of the Lord covers the whole earth right down to a single blade of grass. Well, if we can get that much from a blade of grass, just imagine how much we can get if we look at the birds and listen to what Jesus said. So his simple statement of four words is packed with insight and comfort and assurance. This is the last in a short series on redeeming the time. You may say, well, how can you tell us to look at the birds if we're redeeming the time? Well, this comes in the context of not worrying. And people have a thing about worrying. Maybe you've noticed that. But uh, if you listen to what Jesus says and you believe what he says, well, this is going to decrease your level of stress and anxiety. And you do it by looking at the birds. See, this, this is a Sunday school lesson with a shelf life. It's going to last. It could last potentially for the rest of your life. Because every day we see birds. And we don't think about what we're looking at when we see birds. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in the main sanctuary one at the morning service, and someone was preaching. I forgot who it was. But I saw these birds flittering behind the stained glass right up in front. You see them. You think they're worried about anything? Not at all. Their Heavenly Father feeds them. And that's the gist of this lesson here. We, on the other hand, are different. We stress out. We like to worry. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's just part of the human condition that we like to worry. Uh, and someone come up with the phrase, well, why worry when you can pray? I know more people that live by, why pray when you can worry? <laughs> they want to worry. <laughs> it, they feel like there's something to their life when they're worried and concerned about something. I knew a guy, his mother-in-law was a real worrywart. She was worrying all the time. He said, Nana, don't you realize that most of what you worry about never comes to pass? She said, oh, it works that well, does it? <laughs> People can get the wrong idea. No, it doesn't work that well. It's that you're worrying about things and stressing out. And uh, the simple answer is found in Matthew chapter 6 and other places. Jesus mentions birds in more than just this one location. And we're just going to make another reference out of uh, Matthew chapter 13. And it's uh, just good for, our, good for our noticing and remembrance because as you see these birds every day for the rest of your life, I hope that you will remember what Jesus said. So here in this context about not worrying, divine providence and sovereignty is comforting. This is about our food. You know, he goes on to talk about the lilies. We don't have time to cover birds and lilies. All we could do is just cover birds here today. There's too much. Actually, there's too much. We could do three whole weeks just on birds and still not exhaust the glory of God in his providential watch care over birds. I'm telling you, you just keep an eye on birds and, and it'll, it'll decrease your stress. 
So looking at birds is helpful, if, it, and if not stress-reducing, because of their beauty and their carefree lives. A wonderful creator gives us this microcosm of his intelligent design flying around. I mean, just the fact that birds can fly. Has anyone here ever wished you could fly? You ever had a dream you were flying? Isn't that exhilarating? <laughs> then you wake up and you, nah, you just, just don't have it. You, you know, that's why skiing and snowboarding is so popular, because that is the closest you can be to flying without actually leaving the ground. And there are some times when you do leave the ground. Some people do it on purpose, others do it accidentally. <laughs> but, uh, but there are times when you're airborne, and <laughs> sometimes it can be very unnerving. <laughs> I have increased my prayer life and the potential and, the, uh, uh, and the, uh, the intensity thereof when I was on a snowboard before because, uh, you know, you end up on a wrong hill and <laughs> you hear me mention in the name of Jesus, I'm not taking his name in vain. I'm really talking to him for sure. That's a fact. So, uh, we look at these birds, we see what they do. People study birds. There are ornithologists, people that study the intricate things about birds and how they can fly. And we have to wonder, and I'm telling you we wonder, that people miss the main thing that Jesus told us and why we should look at birds. There's people that study birds and they miss this fact. They'll talk about their biology, their wing structure, how unlikely it is that some of them can fly. And I mean, you know, some of these birds are so amazing. We're going to talk about hummingbirds and eagles and falcons. It's, it's amazing what they can do. And people study these things. And of course, they credit to evolution, which is so sad and pathetic and stupid, you know, that they would credit these divine, intelligently divine flying creatures to just some random act of a bunch of space scum that came together and eventually it uh, turned into all these things that we have flying around. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. As believers, the Most High, one true God, we could look at those birds and say, my father's feeding them and I'm more important than a bird. All of a sudden I feel better. I hope you feel better next time you look at the birds, as Jesus said. That's it, four words. Look at the birds. And as you look, you'll see them everywhere. We pity what most people miss. I watch documentaries, nature documentaries all the time, and uh, I've never heard on one of those Channel 9 programs anyone ever say, their Heavenly Father's feeding them. Oh, they talk about how they'll do this, do that they'll bring food back for their little uh, hatchlings in the nest and they'll feed them. We're not going to talk about that. You know, you've seen how some birds do that. That's a, but anyway, they're getting the job done. They know what they're doing. And it's our Father. It's the work of our Father. He takes care of them. And again, I'm going to remind you over and over again, Jesus said, look at the birds. What are you freaking out about? You're more important than them. Not very profound, but if Jesus thought enough to mention it, we ought to notice it also. So, we pity those who cannot see. I've noticed birds... When I'm mowing my grass, you remember back when it used to rain and people had grass to mow? <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. I haven't mowed my grass in two months. But when I would mow my grass, we, our house sits on a two-acre piece of land, so we have about a whole acre of grass that just has to be mowed when it rains regularly. And I notice, let's say if the, and, and, and I don't, I'm surrounded by neighbors that are fastidious about mowing their grass. I wait until it gets, you know, 
I mean, you know, let's make it worth your while. I mean, you know, if, it, if the grass is just that long, we, we've really got to be so <laughs> persnickety about mowing grass. I mean, it gets about that. Okay, now I got to do it. But whenever people are looking for my house, I just say, just look for the grass that's least mowed on both sides, and that's, that's our house. So when I'm mowing the grass in the backyard, and I got a riding mower, I notice as soon as I cut a couple of swaths, the birds start showing up out of nowhere. And they start having a feast. And I think of this verse. I've, I've thought about this verse a lot. I don't think I've ever preached a lesson on it, but I wanted to do it because, and by the way, this has to do with redeeming the time. You say, what does looking at the birds have to do with redeeming the time? Don't spend the, less, the, uh, the rest of your life with stress and anxiety, worrying about things. Look at the birds. Your father feeds them. You're more important than them. It'll, it'll maximize your time and uh, reduce your stress and you won't have things to worry about. So I'm mowing, I see the birds show up out of nowhere, and I can hear this verse. My heavenly father's feeding them. I just helped them a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the birds could have found them worms and grubs and whatever else they're picking up out of there, but once I mow the grass, it's like, <laughs> I think they're all hanging out <laughs> a quarter of a mile away and say, hey, I heard his mower start up, let's get ready, we're gonna have us a feast, <laughs> if birds do talk and say something like that. But I noticed that. And I notice it's our Heavenly Father that feeds him. I just help by making it a little bit easier for them to get to. We watch hummingbirds. We have hummingbird feeders in our backyard. Man, we could spend hours just talking about how amazing these little boogers are. I mean, it's amazing. I just saw on a, on a special that I had taped last night that uh, this was a special on Yellowstone, and they were talking about hummingbirds in Yellowstone that migrated from Mexico. Now that's a long way. You know, th these little suckers are not that big. I mean, they use an incredible amount of energy because their wings are flapping so fast. How do they make it from Mexico to Yellowstone? And they get there just at the right time when the flowers are blooming and all, the, all that uh, pectin and the sugar stuff that's inside the flowers, pollen, that's the word I was looking for. They just show up, our father is feeding them. You know, they don't, they don't worry about, you know, just like geese. You know, when geese are migrating from one place to another, you think they say, hey, you're gonna, hey, listen, we're flying 1,500 miles. Anybody packing anything to eat? No, they don't worry about that. They eat along the way. They don't freak out about anything. Jesus said, look at the birds. Just look at them. Aren't you more important than birds? That's the rhetorical question at the end of it. So these hummingbirds, man. There's something. I, one time my wife and I, we watched a whole document, a whole hour. I mean, some of them are smaller than the ones that you see, and some of them are as big as a sparrow. I mean, you know, God in his variety is so glorious. And uh, I don't know how people can watch any of these nature shows and not see the glory of God. It's, 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 the, it's the way that things go, folks. There are those of us, and I'll bet you every one of us here could agree, we watch a nature show like that, and we see the glory of God in everything. And at the same time, there's people that watch that and they can't see the glory of God in anything. What a shame. What a pity to live through your life and not have a moment of praise and adoration and worship because God is so awesome. God's awesome. Not his creation. You know, people say, oh, them, them hummingbirds, they're awesome. Ah, they're impressive, but the God who made them is awesome. That's something that we need to remember. Jesus told us, look at them. Look at those hummingbirds. They're amazing. 
couple of years ago, a couple, probably 25 years ago, I was up in Canada, in uh, Alberta, just west of Banff. You know that beautiful little resort town up there? And I was on a, a ski chairlift that went across a long flat area because the parking lot was too long. And it was a dead of winter. It was horrible. I don't suggest you go snowboarding in Canada in the winter. <laughs> go to California. I mean, it'll be 30 degrees in sunshine. Go to Taos. It'll be a whole lot nicer there. But Canada, I mean, you know, I was a little bit obsessive compulsive at that time and I, and I had to go. And uh, so I went. I'm so thankful for my supportive wife. She said, go. <laughs> Go look at the birds, <laughs> go snowboard. So I did. And while I was there, in the dead of winter, okay, it's gray, it's windy, it's cold. There's a hard, crusty, icy uh, surface over everything. No foliage on the trees except for some of the evergreens. And I heard this <laughs> over my head and I looked up and I saw the fattest crow I've ever seen. I think it was a crow, some kind of blackbird. It was the fattest bird I've ever seen. I looked up there and, and then I looked around at my surroundings and I said, where is this guy finding his food to get so fat? Our Father in heaven feeds him. That's how they get so fat. They don't worry about stuff. Jesus says they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't build storage barns. You know, in some ways, people are like birds, but in some ways, we're very unlike birds. I mean, you know, there, there's a whole industry out there of, you know, these storage garages. People have so much stuff that they buy, they have to buy something off their property just to store it. <laughs> and do you know that it's a whole business that people have this auction business for people after they die and they leave all their stuff there? You know, people, they eventually stop paying their, their rent on that little storage garage, whether it's a small one, could be the size of a two-car garage, and they'll cut the lock off and it's like a free-for-all man people show up and you know you know they'll bid on the contents anyway that's birds don't do that we do in some ways we're like birds but in some ways we're not like birds that fat crow man I gotta tell you I don't know where he was getting that food his father was feeding him that's how he got that food you know there's dedicated bird watchers that go all over the place just for a glimpse of some peculiar bird with some peculiar foliage or some peculiar uh, song that they sing. I mean, bird watchers, they're really into it, aren't they? Yet, I'll bet you, I'd be willing to say that most bird watchers, especially if they're the evolutionist type of person, they miss the main thing that Jesus told us to get. Our Father in heaven feeds them. They study everything. They study their migration patterns. They can tell you about their plumage and everything else, and they miss the fact that their Father feeds them. I really pity evolutionists like that. In, in something that should generate worship and praise, they just completely miss it. You know, in, 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 in some ways, we're like birds. And, and by the way, if anybody ever calls you a bird brain, that might be a compliment. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you may not take it as that right then at that time, but think about it and say, you know what? <laughs> birds don't freak out about anything because they know their Father in heaven feeds them, and that's just a very, very comforting thing. Birds sing, don't they? We hear them all the time. See, my goal, and I'm just planting these things in your mind, is the next time you're hearing those birds sing, I want you to know that they are worshiping and praising God. You say, well, preacher, you're getting a little bit too carried away now. How do you know they're doing that? The 150th Psalm says, let everything that hath breath 
Praise the Lord. Have you ever heard the cacophony of, of bird chirping sounds, how beautiful it is? They're worshiping God. I'm not going to attempt to imitate any of these chirpings that birds do, but they're worshiping the Lord. Now that's a stretch. Well, okay, leave me alone. Leave me alone in my delusion that I can praise God with the birds. That's what I think they're doing. How about their mating rituals? Oh, man, you ever watch birds? Again, on some of these specials, <laughs> talk about birds being like people. There'll be one female bird, and she'll look very disinterested, and these two male birds will be flitting around, and they, you know, blow up their, you know, whatever that big guzzard thing is, and it'll be bright orange or something. They're showing off. Man, they're getting after it. And that one female is just, <laughs> you can see her rolling her eyes. Oh, come on, again. <laughs> but there they are. They're doing their thing just for the sake of finding that mate. And by the way, just as a reminder, two of those males never go off by themselves. <laughs> one of those males never said to the other one, man, I like that orange thing. Hey, I got a condo over here in this, uh, <laughs> over here in this oak tree. No, that doesn't happen, folks. Those male birds are doing that only to impress that female, because that's the natural order of things. And we really don't have to say anything else about that. But the mating rituals, they're amazing. What's going on here? That's our Heavenly Father. He has ordered nature, male and female, and they're doing exactly what they were created. Isn't it ironic how mankind, us, the crown jewel of God's creation, are the only ones that practice this bizarre, abnormal behavior? And they're proud about it, too. And you better not say anything. I mean, they've been very effective in uh, eliminating our First Amendment rights. We can't say anything. Just have to let them do it. Birds don't do that. Here's a lesson. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. And just notice how our Father feeds them and takes care of them. We have uh, our neighbor next door to us. Somehow, I don't know how the, these ducks pick their location, but how many ducks is there? Like uh, over 100? I mean, they roost on our neighbor's backyard lot right next to ours. Now, we used to have a couple of dogs, but they were all fenced in. I could understand why they didn't land in our backyard. And their yard is always mowed better. <laughs> I told you that already. So, <laughs> you know, I guess they figured they went. But I watch these ducks. We'll see them circling over our house. Sometimes two of them will be coming in at the same time. It's like we're, 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 we're living under a landing pattern of an airport. You know how you, you see a plane come in and, they, and just before they land? And I watch these ducks in their colors and their big old orange webbed feet as they're landing. They put out the, you know, just like a, a pilot will put out flaps on the wings of a plane when they're getting ready to land. And I'm watching this. I'm saying, oh, how glorious. Look at these wonderful things. And they land in my neighbor's backyard and my father feeds them. He just uses our neighbor to help them. You know, you know, they throw stuff out there in the backyard, and now the next neighbor next to them is also, I mean, you know, word gets around. I mean, these birds aren't stupid. They say, hey, look, right out there, outside of Lytle, there's a couple of people. <laughs> we don't even have to dig for these worms anymore. They're putting out the seed for us. We got it good. But it's our Father who really feeds them. And wherever these birds go when they're not there, whenever they take off and they fly, they migrate to someplace else, like I said before, they don't worry about how they're going to get there. Who's going to pack the lunch? Who's the road captain? Is your GPS working? They know where they're going. They know how they're going to get there. And our Father feeds them along the way. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus said, look at the birds. Look at the birds. 
Four words. Look at the birds. You ever notice geese flying in formation? You know, they fly in a V formation. You know why they do that? Because there is an aerodynamic benefit. That first geese is the one, he's, he's really the one bucking the headwind, and all of the other geese in that V formation benefit from the wind turbulence of the first goose. Isn't that amazing? Not only does our father feed them, he's a air traffic control. And they also, you know, I don't know how they do this, how they communicate, but every once in a while you'll see the front one will drop back and another one will go up there. They, it's, I'm telling you, our God is glorious and he's awesome in everything he does. You know, how birds migrate over thousands of miles. How do they do that? No GPS, they know where they're going. I said, you know, I, I think this is the third time I mentioned They don't worry about what they're going to eat along the way. Thousands of miles. They migrate all over the place. How about canaries? You ever heard the phrase canary in a coal mine? There's a good reason to watch a bird. Right there, look at the birds. Canaries have been throughout history so helpful. I mean, it's the last thing they ever do, but it's still helpful. <laughs> That's what they're there for. Those coal miners would hear that bird chirping. They're having a praise service. All of a sudden... <laughs> Time to get out of here, boys, and they get out of there. So, look at the birds. There's more than one good reason just by noticing the beauty of those birds. Owls are amazing. Every once in a while, we will hear owls hooting. I don't know why we say hoot. I've never heard an owl go hoot. <laughs> just kind of a hoo, hoo, that deep. Oh, it's such a, it's really a very cool, enchanting sound. And every once in a while we'll hear, it's almost as if they're sitting right on top of our house, and sometimes they may be. One night, I heard a couple of them. I heard one, and I could hear one of this. I went outside, and I was listening to owls in quadrophenia. There, there must have been four of them. I could hear the one that was close to our house, then it was another one, maybe one or two houses down, and I heard them talking. You say, man, what are you, <laughs> I just love stuff like this. I mean, owls are amazing, aren't they? And the amazing thing about them is you can't hear them fly. Most other birds, if not all other birds, you hear them. If you've ever seen a, a, quack, a, a, quack, a flock of quail, you know, if you're shooting at them, when they take off, man, you hear what amazing turbulence. But owls, you don't hear a thing. So this night when I was out there listening to these owls communicate, I couldn't tell exactly where one was coming from until I heard we got a big cottonwood tree in our yard. And he must have been sitting on one of those branches. And when he took off, he was a good-sized bird. The whole branch, I could hear the branch rustle when that bird took off. And I couldn't see where he was until he flew right over my head. And this was the freaky thing. I couldn't hear a thing. You know, there's something that kind of jangles our sensory, you know, system. I mean, when you see something flying overhead, you expect to hear it. Owls. The way they're designed, again, glory to God, their, their feather structure, they fly, and the little rodent that they're homing in on doesn't even hear them coming. It's really, really impressive. And uh, like I said, when that big old owl flew right over my head, I mean, I can see it. I knew it was there, but I couldn't hear anything. And it was kind of, man, it's, something ain't right about this. I can see it, but I can't hear it. Oh, owls are amazing. Look at the birds. Our Father feeds them. They're amazing. You ever watch eagles fishing? Is this impressive or what? Eagles, ospreys? 
You think that eagle in the morning when he wakes up, his wife says, honey, it's time to go get us something to eat. And the eagle says, I don't know if I'm going to find any fish today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think eagles ever have a problem. I mean, we see how high up they're flying. You've heard of the eagle eye. I mean, when we're watching this on a documentary, we can't even see what they see. But all of a sudden, they, and they grab that fish and fly off. Our Heavenly Father's feeding them. And some of them birds eat pretty good. <laughs> if you've ever seen a, a carcass in uh, Yellowstone or some other natural, national park where a bear might have ripped up a bison or an elk, they're eating. There's also a bunch of birds just hanging out saying, yeah, I know, we're going to get something to eat. <laughs> Same thing, those, those bears when they're catching them salmon in the rivers in Alaska, all them birds are hanging out. The birds eat good. Bison, elk, salmon. This is the gourmet menu. Our Father feeds them. It's just something for us to take note of here. You've seen these birds that dive into the water and swim underwater? How amazing is this? Birds swimming underwater. <laughs> and they come up out of the water and fly away. Man, this is like, uh, like a science fiction movie or something. But it's real. Our Heavenly Father made them. And he feeds them along the way. Just amazing. Just look at the birds. Four words, that's all I want you to remember. We've heard that birds of a feather flock together. You know, and we do too. Isn't it something how, and, and we're going to read this little, I'm just going to make mention of this in Matthew chapter 13. But birds of a feather flock together. That's why we don't flock, we don't fly with people of other world religions. It's not that we don't want to flock with them. They don't want to flock with us. That's their problem. But we don't get together and flock as birds and hang out with Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus. Not that we don't like them. They don't want us. That's because we make the claim. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They don't like that. Well, this is one of those ways that we mount up with wings as eagles, like Isaiah said. We just fly off. Yeah, sometimes eagles just don't like hanging around with a bunch of turkeys anyway. So they just take off. I've seen birds grab their food and fly off in a high enough elevation. One time I saw a bird carrying a snake. I, could, I thought it was a stick, but I figured, why would a bird be carrying a four-foot-long stick? And I realized, that's a snake. And he took that snake up high enough. This is what birds do. They take them up high enough and they drop them. And they fly back down there, have something to eat. Our father's feeding them. They do it with birds. I seen a falcon or one of these birds of prey. I was driving up through Bernie just two weeks ago. And he flew right in front of my windshield on I-10. And he had a big old furry rodent hanging there. <laughs> that rodent was uh, that last ride he was going to have. Our Heavenly Father feeds them. What a glorious thing to observe. We're like birds sometimes. People name themselves after birds. The Catholic Church, they got cardinals, right? That's a, that's a high. We're just, we're just, we're not making this up. Don't they have cardinals? We name our baseball teams, Cardinals, Orioles, Blue Jays. Bands name themselves. There's a band called the Birds. They sang that song out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Do everything, turn, turn, turn. That's the birds. We got the birds. We got the yard birds. You know what a yard bird is? Yard bird's a chicken. 
I think Yardbird's a better name for a band. I said, here they are, the chickens. <laughs> I can't see Ed Sullivan introducing the chickens. <laughs> he introduced the Yardbirds and the birds and the eagles, the sandpipers, the partridge family, <laughs> the Dixie chicks. <laughs> I think they're just the chicks now <laughs> because Dixie is politically incorrect. So they're just the chicks, but they're still birds, okay? How about Conway Twitty and the Twitty Birds? That's a, that's a real group. I'm not making this up. These, people see birds and they admire them. You know, of course, that one band, the Eagles, that's, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys said, man, I, I sure wish they would have got, I wish I would have got that name a whole lot sooner than they did. Now, the workings of the kingdom include illustrations or analogies with birds. In Matthew chapter 13, and I'm just going to read this in passing. Matthew chapter 13, verse 32 <clears throat> this is the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. And you may say, well, what does this have to do? Well, Jesus is talking about this great kingdom that grows from a small mustard seed. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Now, we're still talking about birds. We're talking about how we are kind of like birds. In the kingdom of God... I was thinking about this for some reason today, uh, something in Becky's sermon this morning. Uh, we sure have a lot of people that flock in certain times of the year, don't we? Christmas, Easter, those are the main two. I mean, that's where they're called CEOs. They only come to church on Christmas and Easter only. They're not, <laughs> they're not executives, they just come to church on Christmas and Easter. So we call them CEOs. But it's kind of like they're flocking to this great tree, which is the kingdom of God. They flock in hang out for a little bit, fly off. A lot of us here, we come and flock in regularly, and we just love it. And for this reason, you know, we've kind of, at least I've observed, that uh, sometimes people that will show up in church, they almost represent birds that we know. And I'm going to go, J.K., you're going to have to explain to your lovely wife that I'm, I'm referring now to the very sophisticated uh, cultural phenomenon known as Looney Tunes. Okay? <laughs> your wife... Have you ever heard of Looney Tunes? Oh, you know, okay, good, all right. Well, you say, well, how is it that uh, people are like birds? Well, I'm just gonna mention three of the birds that we know from our Looney Tune history. I've met people that come to church, they're kind of like Tweety Bird. Remember Tweety Bird? Freaking out of everything. I thought I saw a booty cat. <laughs> people come to church, they're full of fear. They can't relax, they just can't take it easy. Realize their Heavenly Father takes care of them. Some of them are like Tweety Birds. <laughs> Some of them are like Daffy Duck. <laughs> now you may not notice that I'm going to tell you this church here doesn't attract Daffy Ducks I've been to churches where there's all kinds of Daffy Ducks they fly in and they're just kind of Daffy and uh, it's just one of those things one of those phenomena how people are kind of like birds another one that we all would recognize would be the Roadrunner these people they zip from one church to another they pop into church, all of a sudden, oh, Dr. Blowhard Sounding Brass is holding a prosperity seminar down at Bless Me Chapel. I gotta go, meet me, you, and off they go. <laughs> they run from one church to another. They're kind of like the Roadrunner. I've just noticed things like that. I see this stuff all the time. 40 years in ministry, we see things like this. Even though we know birds come in flocks, they're not always called flocks. This I, I found very fascinating, and there's more here. I just got three that I'm going to mention. But man, I, I was looking this up. Like I said, I've been working on this for over three weeks. And I said, man, you know, there's just too much here to mention. But I am going to mention three. The first one is a flock of crows. 
You know, we don't call a flock of crows a flock of crows. You know what they're called? A murder. A murder of crows. Where did they come up with that? I had to know. Well, it goes back to the 16th century. These black birds would show up. Their black wings were an ominous foreboding of death, people thought. That's one reason why they called them a murder of crows. Another reason is because it is known by ornithologists and people that study birds that sometimes a murder of crows will get together and a couple of crows will conspire to kill one of their other crows. I don't know, maybe they don't like his, uh, his caw. Maybe they got something in their craw and they, they just don't like this guy, but they go to take him out. How, how are people like, I'll tell you what, I've heard of deacon boards that act like that. <laughs> deacon boards that'll get together and have a meeting. We're going to take this guy out. <laughs> They're like a murder of crows. I know it's horrible, but it's just, hey, it's just one of those things. A murder of crows. How about peacocks? You don't call them a flock of peacocks, even though it rhymes. A flock of peacock. No. You know what they call a bunch of peacocks? An ostentation. Isn't that interesting? They are a little bit ostentatious, aren't they? They got, they got that big old day, they just strut around, check me out. <laughs> An ostentation of peacocks. But I think one of the most interesting was, what do you call a flock of owls? A parliament. We've got some smart people here, see? We've got bird brains here. People you know about birds, they're mentioning these things. A parliament of owls, where, where did that come from? Come from England somewhere about people that are parliaments? You know, there's another way that we're kind of like birds, and I know some of you are really going to get, get a kick out of this. There's a flock of believers from this church. They even call themselves the flock. And they meet in a high place, almost kind of like an eagle's nest. A pretty nice place, I might add. I was invited there once. And by the way, if I was ever invited again, I'll tell you now, I'd come, my wife and I, we will come. I love to flock with the flock. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> some of you that are in the flock, you know, you know this is true. Why do they call themselves the flock? Well, because they're part of the birds that flock into the great tree, which is the kingdom of God. And they do flock together. And by the way, I enjoyed flocking with them the one time that I was able to do that. So Jesus' punchline here, it's obvious and it's simple. After observing God's splendid watch care over birds, he asks us this simple rhetorical question. Are you not more important than the birds. So, let's reconsider now what we've just heard. And let's take Jesus at his word and consider this species called the bird. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't pack stuff away. Their heavenly father feeds them every day. And if you notice them, you're not necessarily a nerd. Aren't you more important than a bird? Aren't you? Does it ever make you think of that? And by the way, they're beautiful. Just one final thing. I was going to cite a quotation out of an article that J.K. wrote in your article about beauty. You have a line in there. I wanted to talk to you before I quoted on this, but I think I'm pretty much on sound ground. You said, we cannot really identify beauty unless we recognize the beautifier. Didn't you say that? I thought, man, that's profound. I mean, I'm talking about how beautiful these birds are with their plumage. I mean, we didn't even talk about parrots and cockatoos, ostriches, penguins. Aren't penguins birds? I mean, we could do a whole other series on this. Look at the birds. Here's the thing about every one of them. Your father feeds them. Jesus says, 
If you look at those birds and you notice how well-fed and fat some of them are, what are you worried about? I realize most of us are either at retirement age or approaching it fairly quickly. Why, are, why do we worry about it? Well, it's, it's, it's just one of those things about our nature. We, we think we have to stress out and be worried about stuff. And Jesus showed up and said, look, the food is more than life. The body's more than raiment. You're worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. And he starts off by saying, I was hoping those drapes would be open today. I could point out there and maybe we'd see some birds, but we didn't. But you know they're out there. Maybe you'll see them if you're going to the traditional service behind the stained glass. They'll be flittering around. When you see them, rather than it being a distraction, let it give you peace and a calm in your heart where you could say to whoever's sitting next to you, my father's feeding them. And I know he's going to take care of me.